Hello everyone, my name is Kendall and welcome to Unofficial Book Club, where life and stories meet. And just like any book club, we'll only be spending half the time actually talking about books. And this is that half. In these book club episodes of this podcast, my guests and I will be bonding over my favorite hobby, reading. Getting to know their relationship to books, the ones they love, the ones that have made the biggest impact on them, and so much more. Now before we get started, I want to remind you that my guests and I will be sharing our own personal experiences, opinions, and possible book spoilers throughout this episode and all future episodes. Let's get started. Hello everyone and welcome to a book club episode. I'm back with Hannah Parker who is the author of Autumn's Tithe and Autumn's Trader and the owner of Counterpoise Press. Hannah, thanks for being here. Of course. I am so excited to be back and do the book club version. Yeah. Now we get to talk less about your book and more about you as a reader. So awesome. I got to ask the obvious question, but Hannah, do you like to read and what is your relationship to reading? Yes, I do love to read. Shocking. (laughs) Um, But I, I definitely fell out of reading. I mean, I feel like I read from like the time I could read until college, like just reading all the time. Like I was kind of known when I was walking to class on Mm -hmm. campus, like reading a book on on my (laughs) way to class, literally. And then I kind of fell out of it once I started um, like writing my own books and especially editing for other people. It just got a little bit too exhausting because I saw reading as kind of a break. And then now I see it kind of as more like my job. So 2023 was a rough reading year for me. Um, and I didn't read that many books, but I am really excited for 2024 and I really Mm -hmm. want to have kind of a new relationship with it. Cause Mm -hmm. I had a daily reading habit and all that stuff, but I didn't feel like I was really reading for fun. And that's what I really want to do this year is like not associate it with work and really try to always Mm -hmm. have something that I'm just reading for fun. First question. So Counterpoise Press, your publishing mm-hmm. company, you take every genre of book, I assume. Is that correct? I or do you a, have a centered, I guess, what kind I of books like, you publish? Yeah. I feel like right now we are focused on fantasy. Okay. And so we have every fantasy. So we have young adult, new okay. adult, and adult fantasy, all very different, um, but in the fantasy genre. But we are not just a fantasy publisher I say on the counterpoise website kind of like the genres that I like and don't like and then I have a list of just like shows movies stuff that I do like it's like but if it's like similar to this or you know if you just want to know if it'd be a good fit like you can Mm -hmm. go ahead and send a query like the worst I'll say is like oh this is just like not a good genre fit for us right now but I would love to see it as it gets bigger to um, like have more genres mm-hmm. right now, since I'm literally the only one running it, it's kind of very, very subjective to just my taste. Yeah. Um, and what I feel comfortable marketing and what I feel comfortable editing, um, because I do a lot of the editing and then hire out yeah. editors too, but it's like a lot of what I kind of feel confident with, but yeah. as it grows, I would love to have um, more genres for yeah. sure. And just kind of open it up. 
No, more. definitely. Whatever's in your wheelhouse totally yes. makes sense. <laughs> so I guess then my follow-up question, which is why I asked that in the first place, is do you then find yourself because I imagine how many manuscripts you have to read <laughs> when you yes. choose to take on a client then do you find that you choose to read outside of the genres that you're publishing or writing mm-hmm. yourself? Or do you still read, let's say, more fantasy? No, I feel like I definitely still read fantasy. <laughs> like, <just laughs> you don't get burnt out? <laughs> no, which is good and bad because like if I'm if I'm working on something and I'm reading a really good fantasy book, I'm like, my stuff sucks. Or like if I'm like... um editing something I might be in like editing mode Mm -hmm. and then I'm kind of like I don't really I try to turn that side of my brain off when I'm like reading because some people are like oh I like edit books as I go and like see typos and stuff I don't I don't really do that but I do think Mm -hmm. of like oh like maybe I could do something similar to this or why didn't I think of that or whatever um but yeah I don't really get burnt out on it sometimes I'll like if I read a really complicated fantasy book, like especially adult fantasy, I need like a palate cleanser of something okay. else. And usually I'll do like nonfiction, like something just really like self self-help or something like okay. that. That's like just so different. Um, and then I usually just go right back to fantasy. So okay. yeah, okay. <laughs> I, it, it might be good if I could branch out a little bit. Um, but I just love it. And I'm a huge rereader. I love to reread. Really? Okay. Yeah. There was a year, like, I think it was like 2016 or 2015. I did not read a single new book. I I just reread stuff. How do you, how do you do that? I feel like I, my TBR is too long that like, I couldn't reread a book. Like yet, like, I feel like I would be doing this sounds horrible because there's so many books I would love to reread, but like, I feel like I would be doing a disservice to myself with all Taking the books up that I've like yet a to read. One. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. I do this with shows. It's like so oh. hard for me to show, to like start a new TV show. Like I love my comfort shows and I just like mm-hmm. rewatch them. I yep. know what happens down to like, I can mm-hmm. quote it. And I think it's just similar with books. Like I like just like I, I know it's tried and true. I know I liked it. And so I just go back. I know, I know it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think it's just kind of similar to like the comfort show aspect. I just yeah. see it as like a comfort book, but yeah, I do have TBR guilt where I'm like, oh, I should be like reading something else or mm-hmm. reading something to like see what's popular right now yeah. or whatever. Nope. I'll, I'll usually just like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, starting, starting a new one, just so much work. I just <laughs> want to go back to something that I know. So then what would be a book that you'd like to reread for the first time? Like read again for the very first oh, time. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So many. I was thinking of, um, a book that I read literally like this was my shit in middle school. Sorry, I don't know if we can curse on here. This you was can. my okay. <laughs> this this was my favorite like book series in middle school, and this is something that I've like religiously gatekeeped, but I will spill it on the podcast. <laughs> but it's called the Iron Face series by Lee or Julia Kagawa or Kagawa. Again, okay. I don't know how to pronounce her name, but it is. This was the first book that I read with Fae, like fairies. Yeah, and everyone kind of is introduced to that through Sarah J Mass and I love Sarah yeah. J Mass um love her stuff love her fairies and stuff but I actually started reading about fairies with um the Iron Fae series and the first one is the Iron King and 
I wish I could reread this, but with a, like for the first time, but with a caveat, I would like to reread it as middle school me. Because <laughs> like rereading it now, I've reread this series yeah. so many times, like so many times. And each time it gets a little less tolerable because it's like the first person POV pick me girly in a love triangle <laughs> with like dark and brooding with her friend. Uh-huh. Like it's like could could not be less original now. <laughs> um, but back then I was just eating this up and it was just yeah. so good. And I still love the story. Like I think going back, I don't think I would vibe with like the first person or like, cause it, it just reads as very 2010s. Cause that's mm-hmm. like when it came out. Um, but I wish I could reread it with the mind I had as a middle schooler who just like, that was like the first doorway to Faye. Like it was just, it yeah. was so good. And just like fantasy, it was so, so, so good. So yeah. I'd love to reread that, but I just feel like I cannot recommend this now even. Cause like, I think even now I would struggle yeah. to read it, even as yeah. much as like, I yeah. loved it. Cause it's just so different from mm-hmm. just like, fantasy nowadays yeah interesting I'm curious now I wonder if I went back to some of those books myself that like impacted the books that I read now Mm -hmm. would they have the same effect and yeah I wonder that's interesting yeah it's funny because but I don't think that the like opposite is true because sometimes I'll reread something that I didn't like to see if I like like it now Mm -hmm. and I never like it (laughs) <laughs> I never like it again. Like if it, it's just done, like then it's just like, yeah, one, it, then it's nope. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, yeah. it's a nope forever. <laughs> yeah. I think about that with books that I read in high school or like read for school that yeah. like, I wonder if I read them now, would I like them? And I have yet to, I have yet to pick it up again. Yeah. <laughs> I think about it. Yeah. So then what are some of your favorite books in all? Yes. I love Sarah J. Mass. I feel like I, I was like not one of the OG OG Sarah J Mass fans, but I started reading like I think around when Air of Fire was coming out. So I was like, I remember downloading Akatar like to my Kindle mm-hmm. uh, before it came out, like the sample, and I just was oh, like, wow. I can't wait for this to come out. So yeah, and then it like blew up on TikTok for good reason. Yeah, like, I think those books are great. I love them. What else do I love? I love um. It's so hard to think of some. A really underrated one is Soul Swift by Megan Bannon. Mm. It's just a standalone fantasy. I have never heard anyone talk about it. Ooh. And it is so good. Um, I'll add it to my list. Yes. I love something I did want to reread this year actually was Aragon. I loved oh, Aragon. I never read it. Oh my gosh. Especially like, so I am one of the few who did not like Fourth Wing. Um, really? Yeah, I did not. It was not my jam, not my jam, (laughs) but Aragon has a very similar vibe. And I think anyone who liked fourth wing would probably like Aragon Mm -hmm. because it has like the dragons, the, um, Mm -hmm. war and stuff like that. It just doesn't have like the romance. Um, but I love those books have loved them ever since I was a kid. Um, trying to think what else. Yeah, I think that's those are the those are some of the mm-hmm. big ones. Yeah. Um yeah, of course, as soon as I'm like put on the spot, I can't think of anything. <laughs> and then I'll I'll think of all of them later. Do you read mostly through your Kindle 
or audiobook or physical book and a physical book, paperback or hardback? Like, what are your yes. favorite ways to read? I am not a hater on any of them. I feel like <laughs> I like all of them like differently. Uh-huh. Um, I do. I am a hardback girly because okay. um, I like putting the dust jacket as my bookmark. So I like that. Um, and they just don't get destroyed. Like I'm mm-hmm. just not kind to my books. So they would just okay. get destroyed if they're a paperback. Um, but I do like reading. I have like a Kindle or a Nook or whatever the Barnes yeah. Noble version is. I do like my Nook, but it's just not the same. And I have so much screen time when Great. I'm just like reading on my laptop or reading on my phone or whatever. It's just really hard to like mm-hmm. do another screen. So I really yeah. like physical books and audiobooks. I, I am not opposed to audiobooks. Like I think they're reading all of that, but I'm just so picky about the narrator. It's really hard. It's really hard because if it's not a male narrator with a British voice, I can't do it. I can't like, I'm so like, literally it's so bad. It's like, I'm so prejudiced. I don't know what it is, but like, I, I, it just, it has to be so funny, very precise. And like, of course, young adult or fantasy is like all from a female protagonist. So like, I never get that. So that's so funny that you say that. Cause I was literally about to say, I read Red Rising this year. I did. I love the audio. I hate the voice. It, that British accent is, I don't know. I read the audio or I listened to the audiobook for Red Rising and I didn't like the voice. Like, I didn't know what so about funny. that British accent. Maybe it was like too posh and too like, yeah. oh, I did not like it. That's it's so, so funny. funny. That is the exact opposite because I was literally thinking about <laughs> the Red Rising audiobook narrator and I was like, yeah, so funny. I do love him. <laughs> That's yeah. so funny. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, I want to get more into audiobooks this year because- I read so many books when I was listening to audiobooks. Um, and I would love to get back into that because I listen to a lot of podcasts, but yeah, I need to just do an audiobook. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think my preferred would be hardback. Mm, hardback yeah. with the dust jacket. Yeah. I love a good paperback. I feel like they're easy mm. to carry. I love them. But I listen to audio. I think I consume the most of audiobooks because I have an office job. So I'm literally sitting at a yeah. desk all day and listening to an audiobook. Yeah. Um I couldn't imagine one day hopefully I'll work in publishing and I couldn't imagine like if you're spend all your day reading and manuscripts and stuff like you couldn't listen to audiobooks. They would yeah. have to be I would have right. to be like doing something else. Well, oh like, yeah. Yeah. So then do you put down books or do you always finish them? Oh, this is hard. I feel like it depends how far into it I am because I'm pretty okay. harsh if if it's not like captivating me but I think it's because like I work in publishing and I see like so many first mm-hmm. chapters or like first couple pages that I like I just know what works for me and what doesn't and if it's not hooking me within the first like literally first chapter I just put it down um and I I don't buy that many books. Like I like to look at the Amazon sample or I like to like um, go to the bookstore and like read the first chapter because mm-hmm. I won't buy it if the first chapter doesn't like hook me. Yeah. Um. So I'll put it down in the beginning, but if I make it like 50, 100 pages in, I'm just going to finish it because I just, I I don't know. I It's not mm-hmm. even that I want to see what happens. It's like, I just want to say 
that I finished the book because I put in 50 or 100 pages. Yeah. So I, I might, yeah. even if the book's 600 pages, I'm like, I might mm-hmm. as well just keep going at this mm-hmm. point. So then for your professional opinion, at what point when you're reading like a manuscript that you're thinking of publishing, at what point during the, or I guess you get like a query. So you get like a few mm-hmm. chapters, but yeah, in your professional opinion, at what point as a reader, do you feel like professional and personal opinion? Do you feel mm-hmm. like you should know that it's like for you? Like, do you yeah. think, or, and, and I hate saying worth publishing. Cause that's not fair. Right. Everybody. Right. No, that's different, an interesting question. Yeah. yeah. Everybody has different interests in books and there have definitely been ones that I put down that people loved or that right. I didn't finish that people loved. Um, I didn't finish the series or whatnot, but like, even if it just comes to like the writing itself, like at what point as a reader should you be hooked? And do you know? I think that's so interesting because I feel like so much of of publishing and reading and writing is subjective, but also not like at the same time, not because I see so many manuscripts and so many queries. And like, I have, I've never seen something that is unpublishable. Like I've seen stuff that needs more editing, for sure, or like needs mm-hmm. more time or needs more development or whatever, but I've never seen, and cause there's, there, there's something yeah. for everyone, you know, every, for sure. every book is going to find its people, even if it's not, I'm not yeah. the person for that. Um, mm-hmm. I would never tell someone like your book is unpublishable. I would say yeah. it's not publishable right now, but yeah. never, I would mm-hmm. never say that. Um, but I am very particular, especially for authors who are querying it's and this like varies by genre because I am reading an adult fantasy right now and it's by one of my friends actually went to high school with him and I write young adult fantasy and he writes adult so I'm reading his adult fantasy right now and that book is dense like it is dense it is so just like it's good but it's just so there's so much information so many people and things have not gotten like interesting to me until page a hundred. Like it was interesting enough to like yeah. keep reading. Obviously I didn't like hate it or anything like that. Yeah. It's very well written. But now by page a hundred, I'm like, okay, like I know that things are about to pick up yeah. because that's like a genre convention of adult fantasy. Right. Mm-hmm. But with young adult, I'm like, things need to get started now, like ASAP. Mm-hmm. So I think it depends on like the genre too, but people I think don't understand, especially when they're like querying, you only have like with counterpoise, it's five pages. So like maximum with, yeah, with like most agents, it's five to 10 pages. Mm -hmm. So when you're thinking about it, you have five to 10 pages to convince them to ask for more. And they are looking for a reason to say no, because like as harsh as that sounds, like they have so many to get through, like Mm -hmm. it's so much money to take on a book at so much time and effort, like they only want to say yes to something that is really, really good. So you're literally, they're not looking for reasons to say yes in your book, as sad as that is, they are looking for reasons to turn it away. So anything you can do to make them want more or say yes, or be interested in the character is, is in your best interest in the first five pages. So, you know, I have, a lot of manuscripts that are just like when the character first wakes up or just like something really boring or describing the world for a couple pages. And I'm like, no, I think from page one, you need to start Mm -hmm. like 
what kind of personality your character has, what they want, why they want it, and what's stopping them from getting it within the first five pages. And that's just kind of a rule for me. It's different when I'm reading. It's different when I'm reading sometimes. Okay. Again, like depending on the genre. So like, but especially with publishing, like even if those things aren't like explicitly stated or if they change or if they're hinted at, I need to know something about the character in order Mm -hmm. to want to know more. And with reading, I'm a little bit more tolerant if things are slower to pick up, if it's a genre where that's acceptable, like Mm. adult fantasy or I'm trying to think of another one. I don't read that many. Let's just like, I'll just say between like young adult and adult, like YA, it needs to start picking up. I need to know. But adult fantasy, I'm a little bit more... Mm -hmm. lenient with like okay you can have a little bit more time to like get going because that's like pretty standard for the genre Mm -hmm. but yeah that's very interesting because yeah I don't think people think about that a lot when they're querying is like you only have five pages you know a reader a reader if they're nice might give you 50 pages or 100 pages but not always and it's interesting you've said before I think on one of your TikTok videos how you should get rid of your prologue Yes, this so, is my most, most controversial opinion that I did not know <laughs> that I had, but people... So I have a question about that then. How, <laughs> yeah. especially in when you're querying, like, I feel like I'm not pronouncing it right every time I say it, but no, you're fine. it's first five pages. Yeah. What if that includes a prologue? Like yeah, that's, that's still included. Like, yes. and so why should we get rid of our prologues in your opinion? Yeah, this is This is what I tell everyone. Like I have seen... it's so fun to talk about. So I have seen good prologues, right? I've seen some that like, I feel like are very good. They got me sucked into the story or whatever. Aragon, we talked about this a little bit Mm -hmm. before, but Aragon has a really good prologue. This is what I like to use an example Mm -hmm. because it shows like um, a dragon egg. It It starts in the action and it shows like the villain and it shows a character that's going to be important to the main character later and it's during the same timeline that the main character exists like it's not in the past or anything Mm -hmm. or when the character is a baby or anything like that and I do feel like and then the beginning is kind of slow so I I actually like the Aragon prologue Mm -hmm. because it's like it starts in the action it's relevant it shows the villain it shows a side character who's important later and I just feel like it it's a good start to a fantasy because then the part with Aragon is actually kind of slow. Okay. So I will preface that. Like, it can be done. It can be done. Okay. But when you're querying, especially if you have an unnecessary prologue, which I would say the majority of them are. Like, I just, I really believe that. And people fight me tooth <laughs> and nail about this. And I'm like, that's fine. Like, you are not like... It does mm-hmm. not matter to me if you keep your prologue or not. I'm just telling you, if you submit to me, I don't like that. I just, I don't <laughs> like them. Okay. I'll still read it. Yeah. But my problem with them is I, I don't think they're necessary because they're taking away from your main character. So if you have a prologue that's like in the past, like in fantasy, it's like from the point of view of the villain, which I just said the Aragon one was, but he's the villains involved. It's not. It might be from his point of view, but it's it's mainly about like the girl who's transporting the dragon egg. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, but if there's like 
a prologue from like a villainous speech or as the when the character was a kid or as when they were a baby like the main point of the story is like you want to see if your reader is going to follow your main character as they are like mm-hmm. in the present they don't care about your character in the past or as a baby or the villain or anything before they know your main character who is who they are following through the whole mm-hmm. story so the first couple of pages are really important for the reader to decide is it worth following this character over mm-hmm. 300 pages and i just don't think that you have a lot of time to do that especially mm-hmm. when you're querying and you have five pages and three of them are a prologue from when your main character is a baby it's like no amount of them liking the baby or your main mm-hmm. character as a child that doesn't matter because they're that it's not from the point of view of that character they are a different character now in the mm-hmm. present if that makes sense so it just i even if you want to keep it later just cut it when you're querying that's what i would say too is just to be safe and then if they like it say hey like i also have a prologue would you like me to include that Ooh. um or not and then that's that's better in my opinion because then they can like kind of tell you from a more yeah. professional standpoint if it's necessary or not because i don't know they're not going to know that yeah within the first couple of pages i hope that makes sense that's kind of random no, but people, it makes people sense. really yeah. hate this opinion they, they yeah well it's out interesting. of all of my opinions yeah <laughs> it's interesting because i'm thinking of other books that are like that and I can't remember if Harry Potter had like a yeah, prologue. It does. It's yeah, from, yeah, it's him as it's a baby, and I'm being like dropped off at the Dursleys, and so criminal. She should have cut that. <laughs> I I truly believe that. Like, and so, that's setting up the world, and that he's the chosen mm-hmm. one, and blah blah blah. But even that, I'm like, I I don't know. I mm-hmm. just don't think that's necessary. Yeah. E- even those, yeah. and like people get really upset, and they're like, blah blah blah, did it? Yeah. Or a lot of good books have it, yeah. and I'm like, I, I will raise you one and say yeah. I don't even think those were necessary except Ar- <laughs> Aragon's gets a pass that's like okay. the, the only yeah. one yeah but no it's if yeah. it's necessary that's fine mm-hmm. I I have just very very rarely seen yeah. it be necessary and I don't have the time but I would love people to send me theirs and me to say that, that think it's necessary and just be like no it's not <laughs> and because sometimes you just need someone like to kill your darlings, you know, you need someone to be like, that just doesn't need to be there. It's going to make the story better. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. It's an interesting take. I've never thought about it. I like, the funny thing is, is I don't, if it's a prologue, I don't think I'm like reading it and it's fine. If it's an introduction, like I'm not interested in yeah. reading it yeah. anyway. So even as a reader, I don't like, I will not read a book if it has a prologue, mm-hmm. but I, I do kind of think, oh, it's a little bit of a waste, but yeah. as a publisher, I just hate them. <laughs> I just, I just hate them. Interesting. So then I have a similar question. So as a reader, what are some of your favorite tropes? And as a publisher, what do you think are some overrated tropes? Oh, interesting. Interesting. I think enemies to lovers is a great trope. I like reading it. I like publishing it. Enemies to lovers with no reason drives me crazy mm. like if they're just hating each other <laughs> for no reason and it's just like it goes on like really long too yeah. or like if they're just prejudiced like I read a book I don't even remember what it was the other day but she just hates the love interest 
from page one before she's even met him. Yeah. And hates him like past the midpoint, almost all the way to the end, like for no justifiable reason. Cause like once she meets him, he's like very nice and has not done <laughs> anything. It's just like a prejudice she yeah. has. And I'm like, yes. no, I don't. Yes. I don't like that. Like if there's an actual reason, I like the tension. Yeah. But if there's not, I don't like it. And I, I also do like it when it's one-sided. Like if one character hates the other, but they don't hate. Mm. Does that make sense? Like if, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. if the female main character hates the male main character, but he doesn't hate her mm-hmm. or vice versa. I like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think Enemies to Lovers is here to stay. I wish it was just like, it just has to be believable. Yeah. Like as long as it's believable, I really like it. Yeah. Um, no, I agree. I, I think dragons have never fully gone out, but I love them. Um, I think that that will be a resurgence, especially after fourth wing. Oh my gosh. Fantasy is living right now. Yeah. It's living. Yeah. I'm so happy about that. So I would love to see that more as a reader and as a publisher, um, something as a reader. Ooh, Hmm. this is hard. Cause a lot of the stuff I like to read, I would, I would very easily publish Publish. Um, like tropes and trends wise. Oh, magical tournaments. This is like my favorite trope ever if it has like or any sort of tournament like you know red rising hunger games like the fourth harry potter like anything that has kind of like a magical tournament or a tournament fight to the death tournament yeah i'm not over it i love it (laughs) it doesn't matter what it's in have (laughs) you read powerless by lauren roberts no i'm reading it right now which is where I was thinking about the enemies to lovers where they like are still hating each other right now. And I'm waiting for the turn because yeah. I know, but the tension is really, really strong and like very not animosity. Like right, it's really right. not, you know, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been a popular one on book talk. And I think it recently came out and she like recently published it. Um, I say recently, but it could be literally 2021. Like you, like in my mind, those years. <laughs> yeah, still... that is recent though. Yeah, <laughs> scary. Those are not. <laughs> yeah, those are recent in my um in my mind. But yeah, it's powerless. The powerless trilogies by Lauren Roberts. Ooh, I'm in the middle of it, okay. and it has like a very has a tournament style in it. I, I love that. But, yeah, yeah. That and I'm enjoying that. Never I gets like old. That. Yeah, yeah. I think that I can't really think of anything that I really like to read that I wouldn't necessarily published well usually, how do you feel about love triangles this is something I actually was thinking about that um so I I never like felt very strongly about the love triangle um I like it when it's when I'm really questioning what's gonna happen and the tension's really good someone who I think nails the love triangle is Cassandra Clare's mm. uh infernal devices that is like peak love triangle for me like there's tension between the boys there's tension between both of them and like you genuinely do not know mm-hmm. who she's going to end up with at least in my opinion I didn't think it was obvious so I like yeah. that and it didn't it that kind was a of clockwork gave... angel right yes yeah yeah, yeah. wow okay, That's, yeah. it's old wow. it's older you're but... bringing it back to me yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I so didn't that, like it in her first one, like Cities of Bones. I didn't like it. Yeah. Nope. I didn't like it in City yeah. of Bones. Okay. Because yeah. I don't, I don't love like the bad boy versus friend and the friends just like clearly friend zoned. Yeah. 
I don't like that kind of triangle. Yeah. And this was like kind of that, but, but d- different. Yeah. So I like that. I like it when I don't know, like I genuinely don't know yeah. who they're going to end up with. That's they fine. And if there's good so tension. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there's just good tension, mm-hmm. especially if like the guys are like friends or brothers mm-hmm. or something like that. Like then I think that the tension's really good. But if it's just like bad boy versus friend fighting over yeah. a girl, no, no. Yeah. I'd be interested if it was like, like subversions of yeah. that for sure. Yeah. I think it's inevitable to have them almost be a certain personality type, right? Because there's got to right. be some yeah. sort of opposing. But I right. do, you picked a good example. Like I remember them, I read the book so long ago, but I remember both the love interest being such solid individuals right. that you really like liked both or liked yeah. one over the other, but like they were both strong on their own versus yeah. a Gail and Peta situation. Yes. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. So I like it. And so it just, it has to be done where it's like the tension's good and it's believable. And it's not just mm-hmm. clearly one guy is canon and the other guy <laughs> is just there for like drama yeah. purposes. Yep. 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 And so what are some of the books that have stuck with you, good or bad? Mm. And whether it was strictly for entertainment because there was a message, like what books have stuck with you? Yeah. Um. Oh my gosh. Just books that like changed me as a person. I feel like Sarah J. Mass was just like so formative for like reading and writing. I feel like she deserves the hype. Um, I really like her books. I really like her characters. Um, just for entertainment and the the message too. I feel like both of them, like Akatar and Throne of Glass and Crescent City, all have like a very strong theme. So I like that. I'm trying to think back on like anything that really stood out to me as bad. I'm not, sometimes I just don't, I don't get the hype with books, especially mm-hmm. like sequels. Like something that really stood out to me that I loved forever ago was Ember in the Ashes Ooh, okay. by Saba or Saba Tahir. Mm-hmm. And I did not like the second one. And it wasn't that it was bad. It was very well written. It was just the plot was just not for me. So I think that that's really interesting because sometimes I really, I'm known for being like a sequel hater. I really like, (laughs) I'll really like a first one and then just hate the second one. Oh, so Um, then what did you do differently in your sequel? Yeah. So that was actually very interesting. And I kind of wondered, like, since I hate most sequels, if like my sequel, if people wouldn't like my sequel, because I, I like it and it has like the stuff that I like in it. Um, but I like that, like it has multiple points of view and kind of mm-hmm. opens up the world and then it starts to gear more towards like, cause it's a trilogy. So this is kind of like the, um, it's like gearing towards the final like mm-hmm. war in the yeah. third one. So there's like a big battle at the end. Um, and there's still like a main theme like she really struggles with self-confidence in the first one and then she deals with like another theme in the second book so I I don't think it's like groundbreaking I don't think I did anything like crazy but (laughs) I do I do really like it because it it has the same vibe like I think that's what I don't like about some sequels is when the vibe just totally totally changes I don't know and the second one for me was more exciting because there's like 
you know, there's a tournament going on, there's a war going on, there's battles, um, there's like political stuff. I just liked it um, that it was different, but like the vibe was still the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. No, I, Inter- I'm excited to read your section. <laughs> I'm interested to see what you think. Especially um, because but- you said this before, like one, you had one POV in the first one and then multiple in the second one. And then also your first book, like Autumn's Tithe was just kind of, as I said before, in like the previous episode, it's more of a quest. So you had one mm-hmm. journey and you yeah. have so you left us with so much to build off of. Like truly you left so much to build off of and yeah. so- and like it can go in so many different directions. I think Cruel Prince by Holly Black does that very well too. With her yeah, trilogy. yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like sometimes I'll really like a first one, but not a sequel. So I'm trying to a lot of them that I'm thinking of, like I like the first one, but not the sequel. I don't know why I'm stuck on that. That's so funny. But um one I didn't like was Fourth Wing. And I feel like mm. I just I did not vibe with the enemies to lovers that one just it didn't feel that realistic to me like to me there wasn't that it seemed like I hate you just to hate you (laughs) and not super you know Mm -hmm. like yeah not super justified I don't know um and I didn't like the writing style the modern language and the high fantasy just wasn't for me it works for a lot of people yeah it worked for a lot of people and I think it worked like for the book, I don't even necessarily mm-hmm. think if it was written like super medievally, yeah. if I would have liked it better, but that just didn't really work for me. Um, and I just thought the plot was like, it just wasn't that groundbreaking. I don't know. Like I, I just, I think I was expecting, cause it was like so hyped. I thought it was going to be like really really different mm-hmm. from anything I've read before because people are like this like brought me into fantasy like blah 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 and I don't know I I just was like this does not seem like it wasn't like even that the plot was bad it just like didn't seem it didn't seem like there was anything mm-hmm. really super unique mm-hmm. to me about it but I'm glad that she's like getting all the hype and stuff like good for her um but yeah it just wasn't it wasn't my cup of tea, which is just so interesting because I really do like fantasy. But, but see, I think that makes sense because I think I really liked Fourth Wing. And I think I liked it because I don't read a lot of fantasy. And if I read anything outside of like a thriller or a mystery, it's usually dystopian. Like I loved dystopian yeah, novels and yeah. read all of I them. I still love dystopian, yeah. And maybe sci-fi, but fantasy, not as much. And so I Mm -hmm. feel like when I read Fourth Wing, it was like more dystopian. Like it just didn't have the same intricacies and real fantasy that I think a lot of other novels did. And so that's probably why I enjoyed it versus other people who, you know, really are into the the genre itself and like high fantasy. So that makes sense to me. Yeah. It's so interesting because I try not to like hate, like, especially as an Mm -hmm. author, like I know how hard it is to write and publish and all this stuff. Like I really try not to like, if I'm like, oh, it just wasn't for me. It just wasn't for Mm -hmm. me. Like I I try not to like hate on it or anything like that because I know also that wouldn't be like super appropriate as as another author, but just in general, like I know how hard it is and like every book has an audience and like, I'm glad that it found its audience, you yeah. know? Um, 
because obviously like people like it for the exact reasons that I don't like it. And that's totally fine. I always find that really interesting because I think that with different books, especially as they're going into their own genres, because there's so much gray within a genre as well. Like you couldn't just say like, this is the most perfect book for this genre. This is the most perfect book for this. There's just so much that you can like about it and different books fit in differently. And there's so many, like, gosh, I just, I feel like when I was a kid, there weren't that many books. Yes. I feel that way too. (laughs) So, but so nowadays, like, you know, there's just so many different options and so many, I mean, just in the world of like fae and fairies, like there's so Mm -hmm. many options and so many different versions of those kind of worlds that you constantly have something to read and, and, you know, feel invested in, which is really great. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So then we talked about this a little bit in the previous episode, but what do you think is better, the book or the movie usually? Oh, I think, I mean, almost always book, but there (laughs) are, there are some outliers. I feel like there was one movie that I thought was just like Stardust. This always comes to mind. I loved the Stardust movie and I read the book and the book was just like, meh I don't know <laughs> and um the Narnia books mm. love the movies love 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 so yeah that's sometimes... a brilliant idea gosh that's a good yeah, one just some just some random ones just like really hit I don't know yeah. why and there was one that was adapted into a show I can't remember what it was now but yeah sometimes just randomly I'll like the show better like even Game mm-hmm. of Thrones before it like went off the rails I honestly liked the show more than the books because it it followed the books pretty exactly, but it just wasn't as dense as the books were. And I haven't read House of the Dragon, but I loved the show. I honestly think I would like the show better Mm -hmm. than the books. Um, So yeah, there's like just some random outliers, but almost always the book book is better. Of course. (laughs) Almost always. Yeah, I agree. I think and I I give props to all the authors that turn their books into TV shows because mm-hmm. that is hard. Like, how yeah. do you go about doing that completely accurately? And nowadays you can't, like, nothing would be a surprise because you're technically mm-hmm. supposed to go by the book, but like, that's hard to make it. Yeah. Movie, I feel like, not that it's easier, but you have like a specific time, you know what you got to get done. A TV show, you have to keep it running unless you know- right that like we talked about the Percy Jackson TV show that just came out they're set I I believe don't quote me but I believe they're set for five seasons based on five books mm-hmm. and so they're kind of prepped for what it'll be like yeah but that's hard yeah I think adaptations are just like really interesting because you know it's never going to be exactly what you had in your head but it's still so cool like I yeah. think I don't like Shadow and Bone was a great example because um the books were great Six of Crows was great, but I I really liked that they kind of like combined them and it was just like visually stunning. That's a great idea. Yeah, that that's where it's like Mm -hmm. different, but then it's like maybe you can separate it a little bit more because it's like the same, but it has like its own, it can kind of stand alone. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's a good one. So what is on your list to read? Oh my gosh. I... So I'm reading Truth of Crowns right now, which is um, by Carl D. Albert. And that's like 700, 600 pages. So that'll take me a while. Oh my gosh. Um, but then I would love to reread Aragon because there's a new Aragon book out. Uh, yeah, I'm like the biggest fan of Aragon. And I did not know that that was yeah. even a thing. 
So I definitely want to read that. Um, Sarah J. Mouse's new Crescent City book. I'm really excited for to see where that goes. Um, I'm skeptical for sure, but <laughs> I, I I'm definitely gonna read it. Um and what else? I, I kind of just read, like I don't really have a TBR. I kind of am just like a mood mm-hmm. reader and I don't buy a ton of books. I kind of just like when I finish what I have, I just like go out <laughs> and find something. Um, so that's kind of all that's on my list for now, but I'm hoping to get some just like outliers. I really would like to find something that like book talk is not super hyped oh. about mm-hmm. that like deserves a lot of hype. I would really like to find that like soul swift to me was really good. I I talked about this earlier, but it's, it's um like fantasy, but it's, it was just so good. And it, I've never heard anyone talk about that. So I would love to find some just like niche books because yeah. sometimes with the hype, I just get, I know it's hyped. So then I just have such big expectations. It's just mm-hmm. impossible to yeah. me. So I need yeah. to go in like blind or not yeah. know that it's on book talk or something yeah. like that. But since I get most of my suggestions from book talk, I feel right. like I only get popular ones that I, right. I want to, that was, that's like one of my goals this year is I want to find, I just want to find new books to read and not to say that the popular ones aren't going to be new books for me right. to read, but like, I would like to find other outside like surprises. Right. And No, yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I was trying to say. Cause I, I don't even feel like the books on TikTok, like don't deserve the hype or anything like that. It's just like, I, I don't know. I would just like to find something that's a little different. <laughs> and I don't yeah. know where to even look for that. Yes, I, I know. I know. But I don't know. I have to find new book talkers or do. Honestly, I, I do the Googling of like, if I like this book, yes. what will I like? And then go. Yeah, I need to do like, that. That's honestly. truly the most I can do for myself. But yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then what are you currently reading now? And do, I didn't ask you this before, but do you ever, outside of your job as a publisher, do you ever mm-hmm. read more than one book at a time? Ooh, no, hardly ever. <laughs> I feel like I really like to just finish mm-hmm. one because if I start a new one, it's because I'm bored <laughs> of the first one. So I feel like then I won't yeah. come back to it yeah. if I do end up like starting another one. Um, So I don't read multiple at once, Um, but I am currently reading Truth of Crowns. Um, So, and it's really good so far. So I'm excited to finish that one. And yeah, Truth of Crowns, and that's going to take me a while to, <laughs> to finish for sure. But, um, and that one's, it's going to be a series, but the rest of the series isn't out. So yeah. I'm going to have to find something else if I really want, if I'm feeling a cliffhanger or something like that, I'm going to have to find something else in the meantime. Mm, okay. You've now given me, I haven't written them down and thankfully I get to edit this episode and like make the list for the show <laughs> yeah. notes, but you've given me so many more fantasy books to read because I, it's yes. a genre that I'm just kind of creeping back into. And so yeah. it'll be, I also have not read, um, Throne of Glass is on my TBR and my that roommate has the whole series. And so I have to pick up her book at one point, but I, so I have like a few on my list and I'm excited to have more of them and to like dive deeper into 
the genre as well as autumn's trader i have your <laughs> second book to read i just have to pick yes, it up i'm super it. excited to see what you think of that yeah. yeah i think aragon is good too i feel like yeah. i don't know why i'm just like stuck on that and you don't but... think i'm past that age like you think no, it'll no, still so it's it's technically that's what i was thinking about because that was my next train of thought is like technically it's middle grade like it's not even young adult yeah, it's it's technically middle grade but i remember i didn't read it until high school because again those books are really dense mm-hmm. and really complicated and i even remember reading them like late middle school early high school mm-hmm. and i was like these are really dark like i think this is too dark yeah. for middle school like the the first one like not that bad but the second and third one and the fourth one get dark so i was like okay. i i think this is definitely like I think it came out before young adult was like a thing. Okay. So they made yeah. it middle grade. But I think it's definitely YA level, okay. if that makes sense. But I mean there's like there's a little bit of romance, but obviously mm-hmm. like not a ton of romance and stuff like yeah. that. But I think like the dragons and the world building and stuff is was great. And I thought mm-hmm. the storyline was amazing. But I'm curious looking like I think I'm gonna reread it this year and I'm curious going back if like it reads as middle grade or if it really was supposed yeah. to be YA and it just kind of mm-hmm. missed missed its time yeah. <laughs> I don't know yeah. I'm curious my mom has like my mom read it when I was like in high school and so she has a copy of it so maybe I'll pick up her mm-hmm. copy and read it because it was one yeah. that you know was on that list but like I never read it and I right. wonder now maybe I'll read it and I'll see if yeah. I like it especially as I'm like sliding back into the yeah. you know genre a little bit so mm-hmm. yeah oh Hannah, thank you so much for being of here. Of course. No, this was so fun. I, I loved it. <laughs> I love this. I love selfishly that I get to talk to an author of a book that I read that I liked. Like, I think it just gives <laughs> me such compliment. a good, yeah, it gives me such a good like, insight into like the story. And I think going into reading your second book, I will have so much more appreciation for it. Like I know the person that wrote it. And so that's really nice. But for those Yay. who haven't read can you tell us where we can find you and where we can pick up copies of your book? Yes. So you can find me on, um, I have a website. It's just hannahparker.com. And then my publishing house, if you're interested in traditional publishing is counterpoise press. And then my Instagram handles for like Instagram and TikTok is Mm -hmm. at Hannah Parker books and then at counterpoise press. So I have a lot of places Mm -hmm. on the internet um, but Autumn's Tithe and Autumn's Trader are available now on like all retailers. So you can get on Barnes and Noble, Amazon, wherever you get your books, but it's most helpful for almost all authors if you get it on their website. So, okay. um, if, I will purchase it and, on your website. Yes, if anyone would like to go the extra mile, just getting it on counterpoise, um, really helps me and it'll be signed and personalized by me. So yeah. Um, so that's really fun. I like having signed copies on Mm -hmm. my website and stuff, but yeah. And anywhere you get, it helps me. So, but that's just like the extra mile. Um, but yeah. And then the third one will be out sometime, but there is, (laughs) there is a third one. There is a third one. And, uh, and a new series coming out. Yes. And the new series will start before the third one comes out. So yeah, there'll be something in the meantime yeah. for sure. Oh, I'm so excited and I really enjoyed your book and I'm really excited to purchase the second one off Thank of your you. website so it can be signed. <laughs> Thank to me. you. Yes. Thank you so much. This was so fun. I am mm. so excited 
to hear yeah. everyone's thoughts about <laughs> it and have people be like, I listen to the podcast. I'm feeding my prologue. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Like, then you'll have more comments about prologues. Yes, that's fine. I mean, people like think I'm like going to get mad or something. I'm like, I'm, I'm literally not just like, you instead you. you're going to be, you're going to be getting all the ones that are trying to prove you wrong. Like you're suddenly yeah, going to yeah. get an influx. Yeah. I'm like that. I mean, you can try. I mean, I'll, <laughs> I'm never too proud to like say that I was wrong, but yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and are you taking submissions? Yes. Do you take, so, yes. Okay. Submissions are open. Um, all of the information is on the counterpoise press website. Um, so we have like a submissions page mm-hmm. and just like, make sure to follow all the guidelines and stuff. And all of the genres are there, um, ones we really like, like what we're looking for and then stuff that isn't a good fit. But, um, I always say like, if you really think it would be a good fit or like, um, think it's similar to like my manuscript wish list or whatever, then like go ahead and send a query. I I will yeah. always tell people if like I think their book is really good, but it's just like not a good genre fit for counterpoise. Okay. I usually try to specify in the query if that's the case. Okay. No, that's but good yeah, to they're know. open and I see them staying open for the foreseeable future. So awesome. yeah. That's good to know. Oh. Hannah, thank you so much. I so appreciate this. Honestly, any ounce of your time, I know how busy you are. (laughs) So I am so grateful and I'm so excited to read your book. Yeah, I am so happy that I was able to come on and I had such a great time. I'm glad. Well, everybody stay tuned for another episode. Bye everyone. All right, bye. Before you go, if you haven't already, check out the unofficial book club on the Fable app. The Fable app is an interactive platform for virtual book clubs where people from all around the world can come together to create this beautiful community, sharing and interacting over the books they're reading. There are so many different book clubs on this app, and I'm moderating the book club for this podcast. This is not a sponsored ad. I'm just excited to host an online book club. My guests and I discuss so many amazing books across so many different genres and categories, so to be able to bring them to life in a space where we can all interact, that's what I want for this book club. Each month, we'll be reading a different book from a different genre or category. So you can join us each month or during the months in which the category piques your interest. If you want to learn more about which genre we'll be reading for each month, you can check out the schedule on Instagram at unofficialbookclubpod. So download the Fable app to join the unofficial book club and read alongside me and follow me on Instagram and TikTok at unofficial book club pod to be updated on any future book club picks. If you're looking for the link to the book club, it'll be in the show notes along with all of the books that were discussed in this episode and any books discussed in other episodes are listed in their show notes. So thanks for listening and I'll see you next time.